I wonder what it's like to not be able to speak the truth. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Been enjoying this week, giving thanks uh, for the partnership with Bulwark Capital Management, DoYourRiskRadio.com. Hour two, Zach Abraham will join us. And yes, we should absolutely be paying attention to Sri Lanka, just as we should be paying attention and are paying attention to the, the, the Dutch farmers, just as we paid attention to and need to continue to pay attention to the decision that, that the uh, bosses in Northern Ireland have made to eradicate people's farm animals, their ranch animals. Sri Lanka is falling. Well, it's, it's officially fallen. And the ESG score pushed by the United States and the World Economic Forum, who helps run the United States, hint, hint, Joe Biden, uh, so, yeah, we need to pay attention to that. Zach Abraham will join us next hour from Bulwark Capital Management. There is an enduring lesson in all that we're about to hear that ties it all together. Never, ever, ever use the language of the enemy. Don't ever do it. When the Lord Jesus was taken to the desert uh, to be tempted, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, called him into the desert, drew him into the, te- the, the desert to be tempted, Uh, The Lord Jesus uh, was presented with scripture because Satan knows scripture inside out. And so Satan would say things, paraphrasing like, look, if you're the son of God, toss yourself off this high place and prove it because it is written that not not a bone will be broken. Paraphrasing. And the Lord Jesus also said, it is written, do not tempt the Lord thy God. So Jesus did not accept the misuse of Scripture by Satan because Satan knows it by heart. But he can't understand it as a follower of Jesus Christ. He can't legitimately follow it because he believes his own own God. Uh, The Lord Jesus, on the other hand, wrote it, thought of it, was the word, is the word, word made flesh at that point. Likewise, in the political realm, and reminder, there's no such thing as a secular realm. God made everything, everything is his. So, this, you know, I, it's just a secular office. No, it's, it's not. You can, you can believe that if you like, if it makes you feel fancy. Sure, go ahead. But it's not true. You never use the language of the enemy. And this will go throughout this entire exploration of the Acela class or the laptop class, if you like. I, I use laptops, therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm in the thinking economy. Ha! Like farmers and firefighters and cops <laughs> and construction workers and fishermen don't think. Oh, there's a phrase for you. Oh, I'm part of the thinking economy. Okay, think your way to having some fish on your plate. Think your way to having a house, fancy man. I prefer the Acela Corridor class. 
That's the, the express train that runs between New York City and Washington, D.C. And then it stops and turns around. That's, that's the corridor. It's the corridor of power. You never use the language of the enemy. And it will run throughout this. It'll run through the Fauci stuff. It'll run through this guy who says that he speaks for all veterans. Um, it'll run through Deb Holland, the interior secretary. You are not going to believe this woman. Um, I have never in my life encountered a more empty human being uh, in terms of her job than Deb Holland. And part of it is she cannot speak the truth because she's not allowed. But at least she kind of knows the truth. I, I don't think there's any doubt that Deb Holland knows the truth. The other people we're going to talk about, I think the truth is now lost to them. I think they're so utterly fallen to the enemy. I don't think they can see truth. So let's start here. This is Josh Hawley, who is in this in the clips you're going to hear, uh, you're going to experience right now. He is creating violence against men who think they're women and women who think they're men. By his very discussion. He is creating violence. Uh, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important- Because of my line of questioning? Because- So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist- I'm denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> So you're denying that trans people exist. Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot just know, in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. So that, that painfully arrogant woman uh, is named Kiara Bridges. Arrogance and ignorance combined into one package. And Josh Hawley, at least, is challenging this. But a decade ago, when there were folks like me saying, do not use the language of the enemy, you let them put words in your mouth, you lost because a lot of people listening to that say, yeah, 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 trans, trans men can get pregnant. Trans men can get pregnant. And this is exactly the way Holly can respond next time. I do not believe biology is a state of mind. Professor Bridges, is, bio is biology a state of mind? It, can you think your way into having womb, a womb and ovaries. Can you do that? 
can you opinionize yourself into having a penis and testicles? Can you do that? Can you opinionize your way into having an XY chromosome set? When you say non-binary, you're talking about a state of mind or an opinion. Can you opinionize yourself into being pregnant? Never accept the language of the enemy. Is Chiara, Professor Chiara Bridges, an enemy of the truth? Yes. She teaches kids, young people at least, therefore she is an enemy of truth for them. And I just go back to the Lord Jesus. He knew the scriptures, obviously, because the word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. That's describing the Lord Jesus. So, of course, he knows himself. And Satan trying to play this game with him. He could have engaged in the debate when Satan said, throw yourself down from this high place and, 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 and let's see then a bone will be a harm on your body. Jesus could have said, well, what if I do? Well, what, what's that going to prove? What are you going to do? But he wouldn't even get that far. Wouldn't let the, the devil get that far. He went right back to him with his superior knowledge. The first thing in any discussion with someone who is gaslighting you is never accept their language. Never accept their terms. Rephrase. Always rephrase. When you accept the terms, you lose the argument. And the, the, the Republicans, and I want to give Josh Hawley all sorts of credit. I think he's a good senator. But the Republicans accept the language of the enemy in everything. This is John Cornyn, who used to be a Republican and is now just a squish, who has sold out the Second Amendment because, well, Mitch asked him to, and he and Mitch are good, good friends. But John Cornyn is solid on abortion, but he doesn't know how to argue. And do you think a, do you think a, a baby that is delivered alive has value? Yes. Do you think that a, um, a, a baby that is not yet born has value? I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with a capacity for and pregnancy. And you're not answering the question. I'm answering a more interesting you think question that, to me. You think that a baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and obviously she can't speak truth. When you have to speak around something, you, you can't speak truth. And another thing in situations like this is to stop for a second and say, Professor, may I ask you a question? Are, are you of the opinion that you're fooling people when you say people with the capacity to get pregnant? Are, are you of the opinion that you're fooling anybody with that? When he was speaking through, do you think um, an unborn baby has value? Great next question is, when does the value end? You said, uh, you, you said a, a baby. Or actually, he said, well, a baby that's born. Do you believe that baby has value? Yes. When does that value end? Ask her that question. Ask her this question. What is it about you? that makes it impossible for you to discuss the baby. 
What is it about your position that makes it impossible for you to discuss the baby? I'm asking you, why is it impossible for you to discuss the baby? And I do like the fact that he's using the phrase baby. The notion that people have trapped themselves in their own um, Tower of Babel is phenomenal. And yet when people begin to, you know, accept ideas like this, they become so utterly, utterly sponge-like that these things are spoken in academic circles. And to them in the academic circles, they're such a, 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 a group of, of bubble thinkers that these terms get bounced back and forth to the point where they make just complete sense. When I joined Microsoft, I used to just bug the heck out of people because I would ask questions. And some people respected that. But for instance, I, I sat in the meeting one day and they said, um, Todd is here from, um, from the MSN group. He's our, he's our SME on streaming. And I would stop saying, I'm sorry, what's a SME? Oh, uh, means subject matter expert. How, do, how, how did I get to be a subject matter expert? Well, you're the streaming guy. Oh, I, okay. I, I'm the streaming guy. Well, there's other things I do, but okay. Then I, I but my role, can I, and I would say, can I actually explain my role? Would that be okay? And, and instead of just being, and I would be nice about it. You know, obviously I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but would you mind if I explain my role real quick? Would that be okay rather than Smee? And then I would say, let me just reframe the conversation because I don't want you to slot me into Smee or streaming guy. We live in an era where we need to get very, very precise on language like this. Or we'll get rolled. Like the Republicans constantly get rolled. They're the very, very best at getting rolled. So with that in mind, go back and listen again to this first clip uh, with she and Josh Hawley, this Kiara Bridges. And let's see where you and I are at in terms of our brain thinking quickly enough to reframe stuff like this. Uh, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Okay, that's one way to approach it. Here's another way. Reverse it. Another way in arguments like this, where someone is very, very used to these phrases and to them, they become so mentally ill that it makes sense to them. I don't mean she's crazy. I mean that her brain is ill. It is. It's been completely gaslit to the point that she is a sick person. Here's another way to do this. Who does not have the capacity to get pregnant? Ask her that question. You're speaking of people who have the capacity to get pregnant. Who does not have the capacity to get pregnant? Now, she can choose to defer to that and say, you know, I'm here to talk about the people who do have the capacity. She can play that game, but people are also very, very smart. And people can listen to things and go, wait, so she's not even willing to admit there's some people who can't get pregnant? Now, what she do is say certain cis women and I would at that point stop. I would at that point stop. Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many May I stop you there, Professor? What is a cis woman? Uh, a cis woman is a woman who is assigned um, female at birth. Is she also assigned weight? Is that how that works, that a doctor looks at a baby and assigns their weight? 
Um, and, and Senator, I'm here to talk about, right, but you said assigned sex. So did they also assign the baby's weight? Do they assign the baby's height? Do they assign the baby's fingerprints and toe prints? No, they take those. They put those on a piece of paper. Now, see, she can never speak truth. So what you do with someone like this is you go from their assertion and you flip it upside down for a bit. Then you turn it around and you begin to do precision questioning with them. They can't withstand it. Cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a- Okay, decent. It's not really a women's rights issue. I think where he's going, he's got time limits, et cetera. Um, go down again, drill down to specifics. What body parts are required to be pregnant? Which, which specific organs are required to be pregnant? Are those organs assigned at birth? Is, is that how that works? That a doctor says uh, of this baby, I will assign this baby a womb and, and, and ovaries. Is that how that works, professor? Because the those of us who observe this stuff closely, we get all this. But the audience is the people around you when you're going through stuff like this. And in the case of Kara Bridges, it's the people who are tuning in and saying, oh, she's schooling Josh Hawley. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, I see. So other groups. How would you define those groups? How does someone, let me ask you a question. Um, and now you, now you personalize. Let, let me ask this question, Professor Bridges. Could I be non-binary? Could, could I be a woman? If I were to tell you right now, Professor Bridges, I am a trans woman. Is that correct? Would I be correct? You start to personalize. You start to apply the what if everybody did it scenarios. So your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. Um, He's really good here. This is good. People to violence this is by good. not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So, so that's really good. That's really good. Here's another one. She used a word, phobia. Wow. Okay. So I'm opening up people to violence for asking questions. And incidentally, professor, I know you're a law professor. What does a phobia mean? What is a phobia? Oh, so by asking questions, I'm communicating that I'm afraid of people who are confused about their gender. I'm afraid of people. Okay. Because what you're now is reminding people that she is saying, if you don't agree with the gibberish that's coming out of my lie hole, then you're afraid. Well, I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. That is so sad that people who believe there are different sex have, have attempted suicide. What are the statistics for people with eating disorders and generalized anxiety and, and profound depression? What are those numbers, Professor? Are we dealing here? You said earlier that we're dealing with an opinion. You had said that people who consider themselves non-binary, therefore, are assigned the wrong sex. So we're dealing with a mental issue here. So these people also have mental challenges because you're saying that apparently 20% of them, you've said 20% of them are suicidal. So these people do have mental health issues. Is that correct, Professor, that they have mental health issues? So I think it's important- Because of my line of questioning? Because- So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist- I'm denying that trans people exist by- Well, let me, Professor, maybe you could help me out of my denial here by saying, how does one become trans? How do you do that? 
if again, if I say I'm a woman, am I now trans? Is that right? Is that the way it works? Or if Senator Cornyn says that? I asked are you, you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> So you pregnant. are denying that trans people like this thing. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told allowed that to they're opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot just in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. It is extraordinary, and yet it's a time in which we live. Remember that we take all thoughts captive. We give them to Christ Jesus. We, we compare what people are saying. As we listen, we compare it lifetime uh, to biblical knowledge. It, it never, ever, ever gets there. Oh, we're not done. I mean, remember Jamie Raskin? Remember him? talking with a, a friend of mine today who uh, is thinking of doing some investing in a company that does what we used to call selling the pickaxes to the miners. So it's a company that works within the Bitcoin environment and, and um, they're, not, they're not selling Bitcoin, uh, but they're sort of servicing the sales of it and making some money off it. Sounds like a great investment opportunity. And he's talking about putting, you know, 500 bucks, maybe a grand into this. It's not money that's going to change his life. And Zach Abraham will join us next hour. We've talked with Zach many, many times. Um, he's on with us every Friday. He is the chief investment officer of Bower Capital Management. And we, um, we talk often about Bitcoin. And there's a miscommunication, I think, that goes on with people like Zach at Bower Capital Management. They're focused on risk management, particularly for people who are five to 10 years away from retirement. And I've heard people say, okay, so look, he doesn't do Bitcoin. No, to see, Zach said on the show, oh, sure, we, we probably have, I think he said, I'm, I'm, this is me, not him. I think we got like, uh, like probably 6% of some portfolios in Bitcoin. We don't say no, but what's the proper hedge? And this is the funny thing that we were talking about today. What is the proper hedge for, 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 for digital currencies? What is it? And both of us were looking at each other like, uh, gold? I, I, I don't know. Now, given the fact that the 60-40 stock bond mix, that dear old creation, really cannot apply in an inflationary environment where they are giving away money to BlackRock and, and Vanguard and conjuring 360 billion bucks and and the figurehead is is shipping this uh, this massive amount of oil, giving it to Chinese the Chinese Communist Party, that that's, that doesn't apply anymore. What that means is risk management with uh, with Bower Capital Management is they're hedged upon hedges, so they're in a lot of things. It is what we used to call it in the venture capital world. We used to call it a portfolio play. They win because if one big win, one big company gets a big exit, then it covers all the other losses. That's what Zach does, except he's not looking at the one big win. Bulwark Capital Management is spread. So it's not just Zach. It's some brilliant quants who work for Zach. Um, it's brilliant financial analysts who've grown up under his, his tutelage, where he teaches people to steward money, recognizes that it's God's money. Man, if you're in that retirement window, pre-retirement, call Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice can be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Woo, tell me I'm not getting better at that last part.
Tell me I'm not getting better at the government decreed speech. Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey. So as we listen to this, this unbelievably arrogant woman, and we hear her pretending that God did not create man and woman, well, right away we know that's wrong. And then, of course, the follow on science. Science is nothing more than documenting the work of God. That's what it is. It's documenting, discovering how he did it and does it and documenting it. But science doesn't make things. Science has never made anything. Science has never created a thing. Science has rearranged things in beautiful ways. The, the, the brains the Lord gave us are, are, are phenomenal. And the fact that we can rearrange the matter he made to create things, it's, it's phenomenal. And look, one day we'll have transporters. You don't believe that? Now, this is really spooky, but this is one of my favorite books. And we'll get back to the topic at hand here. But there's a book that's really a weird name. It's called How to Clone the Perfect Blonde. And I bought it in an airport, bored out of my skull when I used to travel, uh, what, 157 days a year. And that seemed okay. It's some modern experiments and stuff. And it was scientific. And I picked it up. And it was a series of edge experiments. Do you know that they actually succeeded in transporting molecules? Truly, they did. But here's the bizarre thing. They, when they, when they, they attempted to transport one molecule to another place, what, what happened was the first molecule disappeared and reappeared, except it wasn't the same molecule. It reconstructed. It was a new molecule. It, it had new weight. And this brought this whole question of on Star Trek when they used that, um, when they used the transporter, um, the theory was they would, they would have lost their souls because they were no longer themselves. They were just, they were just the carbon units at that point. So my point in all of this is science documents what God does and how he does it. So we can take the science of this and say, what body parts are needed in order to be a person with the capacity to give birth, to, to be pregnant. We can do that in the full knowledge that the science is always going to follow God. It will always go back to the Christian God. It hasn't ever not. And I would remind people that it was the Christian church that thought up creating sciences like this to document the word of God. Another bit of, of babble speak in the laptop class or the, or the um, Acela Corridor class, Google has announced uh, that it is going to auto-delete location histories for users that visit abortion clinics. So, uh, this is obviously virtue signaling. It's obviously playing politics. It's, it's obviously going to be an affront to law enforcement in, in cases where states have outlawed abortion. And it's obviously them saying, we're not, going to, we're, we're not going to be used by law enforcement. But this is a different way. To, here's another way to look at this, which is, in fact, more accurate. Google will pick and choose whenever they want what data they allow. Google is tracking you to abortion clinics now. This moment, they're tracking you. Now, they'll delete it, but they won't delete the tracking methodology or they will, they, they will not re, uh, delete the resulting data. 
the ability to target you ads. Here's another way to say this. Google is tracking people who go buy ammunition or at least go to gun stores where they sell ammunition. Google is tracking people who go to divorce lawyers. Google is tracking people who walk into a recruiting firm's office. Google is tracking people who go to a criminal justice building. You got traffic court? Well, Google doesn't may not know that, although they know how fast you drive. Well, they know you're in, they know you're in court. They know you're not a lawyer. They've got that figured out. They've already cross-indexed that. So another way to say this is Google has everything everywhere you go, which then when combined can create a massive picture of you. But this one piece, they're willing to itch etch out of that. So it's not that they're stopping or erasing the abortion clinics. It's that they're not erasing anything else. And they'll say, no, no, you can go modify your profile anytime you want. You can go tell us what data to delete. But can we, okay, so what do you do? You delete the map data? Do you delete the targeting values? So the mapping data is used to say, here's where people go. That's deleted. But when we've got to where they go and they create the persona, is the persona deleted? Is the resulting from persona likely actions and attitudes deleted? No. But this is the game that the laptop class loves to play. And again, when you do precision questioning, it drives people crazy. If you get good at it, such as asking questions, can we go through the use of data, Google? So when I drive somewhere and let's say it's to an abortion clinic, which it's not going to be the case. When I drive there, what actually are you deleting? Oh, we're deleting that you were at an abortion clinic. Okay, so you deleted my um, my destination. Did you track anything along the way? And when I got to the destination, what was created then at that point? Tell me what's the chain of creation. You deleted it from maps. Did you delete it from advertising? Did you delete it from psychographics? Did you delete it from a, a roll-up or amalgamated data? Did you deattach PII from that and simply make it part of a profile? Now, I know that gets a little bit tech gabbly, babble, babble, gook speak. But this is a game that they love to play. They're doing it as well with elections, and this goes right back to the Republicans. Now, there's a reason for this. Republicans want to be able to cheat in elections. Can we all agree to that? Can we agree that Mitch McConnell would cheat in an election? So Mitch wants to be able to cheat in elections, so he's not going to speak the language of his enemy. That's us. We're the ones saying, show us election integrity. We're the ones saying we have to have voter ID. He's not going to speak that language. Uh, experts said it's safe, most secure election history. Uh, it's safe, safe, most secure election history. Anytime you hear a superlative, by the way, anytime you hear a, the biggest, the best, just this quick question, pardon me, how do you know? How do you know that? Based on what measure? What is the objective standard? What was the baseline? That's why around the uh, safe, most secure election in history, that's why I always say, what was second place? No one ever expects that question. What was second place? Uh, we don't track election for safeness and secureness, just this one. So you don't know it was the most safe, secure election. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're transphobic. Here's proof. This is Jamie Raskin, and this video, this audio is awful. It's loud. 
Um, and there's not much I can do about it. Got it offline. But this is Jamie Raskin. Um, he is objecting here to Donald Trump being made, not made, but being recognized as president of the United States. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. Uh, I have an objection. Yeah, so he has an objection. So with Jamie Raskin, and here's what we're seeing. We, our side, need to get a lot better at quoting people like Jamie Raskin. Well, Jamie Raskin felt in his heart, it was Jamie Raskin's sincerely held belief that President Trump shouldn't have been um, recognized as president of the United States. Jamie Raskin rose in opposition to that. His colleagues heard that. No one said it was an insurrection. No one said he was attempting to overthrow an election. We're just going to operate by the Raskin rule. We expect to be treated equally to Jamie Raskin and be able to operate under the Raskin rule. But it's not just Jamie Raskin. And notice this, that Mitch McConnell in this case is smart enough to not use our language. Now, what does that tell us? When Mitch won't use our language, but he'll use the language of the enemy. Well, it's instructive to say the very least, but it's not just Jamie Raskin who did this stuff. Oh, and by the way, the Fouch is back. Well, of course I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm a virus. I'm a virus in the bloodstream of America. I'm in your brain. So I got the good report. Uh, my family member got her soda weight loss food. I texted her and said, hey, did you get your food? And what I got back was a, was a, a couple of emojis. I don't do emojis. I rarely do them. I've gotten to the point where I'll do a thumbs up, but that's it. Because I accidentally put a heart on one once. And then I thought about that. I said, does that, the, does that deserve a heart? Or wait, if I say a heart to that person... Is that appropriate? Should I should I be should I attach a heart to a text? Wait, I gotta go change this. Got called on it. And by, by the way, I was on I was coming out of a sinus surgery at the time, so I was half stoned. I barely remember that. What was it talking about? <laughs> Soda weight loss. So my loved one got the food. She sent me a text back with a bunch of emojis on it, smiley faces. She's excited to get started. Now, here's a little thing because I have lost 150 pounds of fat. I didn't, that's, I didn't lose it. I, I, it, I didn't misplace it. I rid my body of 150 pounds of unwanted goo. I no longer wanted to carry around a sack of, of semi-liquid, semi-solid goo that weighed 150 pounds. So I've jettisoned it. And by the way, it's easier to do things when you don't carry 150 pounds of goo. Try it. Go pick some goo up. You don't believe me? Go buy 150 pounds of Vaseline and put it in a bag and carry it around your middle. So uh, I said to her, we go, to, we go out to dinner once a week. And I said to her, hey, are you okay for dinner now that you're on soda weight loss? And she said, oh, well, you do have any ideas where to go? Gave me an opportunity to teach. Yes, I do. We're going to go to a place where it's going to be lean meats and plants 
and they will be happy to put the sauces on the side. We're going to avoid Asian foods because it, and, and Thai food because they hide a lot of sugar in that stuff. It's tasty, but they hide a lot of sugar in it. They hide a lot of calories in Mexican food in the form of creative fat use. And sometimes they're not really accurate into how much fat is in that. So here's where I think we should go. She said, oh, awesome. One of my favorite restaurants. My point to this is not that you don't eat Asian food. I eat Thai food all the time. It's not that you don't enjoy uh, Mexican food. My, one of my favorite Mexican places in the country is in Rathrum, Idaho. It's called Nadine's. I go there fairly often. I eat out a bit, but I learned this. See, part of the soda weight loss program is learning how to live life after the 150 pounds of goo is gone. Or in your case, it could be 20 pounds of goo, 20 pounds of fat that you don't want. They provide the meals. They provide the coaching. You never need to go anywhere. They've got almost 7,000 reviews on Google reviews. Average 4.8 stars. My wife is on the program and having great success. So many of our listening families on the program. It's sodaweightloss.com. It stands for state of the art because they are sodaweightloss.com. I want the celebrity rules. I want the same rules as the Democrats. I, I, I ask, I ask for the same rules that this, this, this mob of Democrats got and they were a mob. It was an attempted overthrowing of the election. This was in, um, this was in Wisconsin. Protesters in Madison convinced, tried to convince electors to not vote for Donald Trump. They disrupted a meeting after that vote was announced. The votes are 10 votes, Donald J. Trump. Protesters. Man, sloppy editing on my half day. On my behalf, I apologize. So they didn't call that. We want the, we want the Madison, Wisconsin rules. So again, we can go back. We are, and if we'd said it this way, our countrymen in Madison, Wisconsin disagreed with the appointment of president Trump as president. They went and protested the counting of electors following up on Jamie Raskin's moral and heartfelt objection to the appointment of president Trump given the, uh, the the counting of the electoral votes, the, the, the protesters followed up. We're simply following in the fine tradition set by Jamie Raskin. Or if you like, the fine, well, I guess it's not fine tradition because a lot of it goes back to the language of the left and the language of hatred and the language of, well, when I say hatred, of course, I mean Maxine Waters and people like this. We can take this stuff back to Mitchell McConnell. And we must because notice that his tears, his, he said it was one of the most exciting likes nights of his life, January 6th. Oh, by the way. Oh, I can't even believe I forgot to mention this. Did you know that the New York Times has done a report on Ray Epps? Oh, you guys, I can't even believe I didn't tell you this. He's a victim. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the New York Times has decided that Ray Epps is number one, an expert on extremists. Number two, 
They say he's a victim of a conspiracy theory. This is the same Ray Epps who was screaming two nights in a row outside the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol. We need to go inside the Capitol. He's the same guy who is on video appearing to direct folks to take down the barriers. And then they take down the barriers. He's the same guy who appeared to be communicating with the guy up in the tall tower saying, march forward, march forward. And now there's video apparently showing Ray Epps jamming a, the, the flag um, into law enforcement. And, and that would be an act of violence. And it appears to show that Julie Kelly has this. It's, it's a great big, huge banner of a flag. And it appears to show Ray Epps shoving it into police. And there's Epps. Yep, there's Epps shoving this flag into the line of cops. Ray Epps is pushing this forward. It's a weapon. It's a battering weapon. And here it goes. Boom, it makes contact with the cops. Ray Epps has not been brought to justice, so-called. But Mitch McConnell, back to this point, Mitch called it the most exciting, one of the most consequential nights of his life, according to a new book out. But McConnell would use the language of the enemy at that point, but, but, but he didn't. He used the language of his friends. Uh, uh, insurrection against the United States of America, uh, attempted coup attempt. We get to use Mitch's language. We get to say, Mitch, are you going to be applying that same language to your friends? I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. I have thought an awful lot Madonna. about blowing up the White House. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't saying nothing yet. Mitch, you're going to be applying those same things against your family. Uh, yeah, your family like Maxine Waters. We get to do this too. Notice something. You remember this lady? Uh, Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? She can't speak truth. Remember that? She can't speak truth. Mitch. Are you concerned about insurrections? Uh, very concerned about insurrections. Which ones? Which ones? You concerned about political violence? Which ones? Which acts of political violence? All of them? Persistent questioning, turning things upside down. Mitch, did you show your concern about January 6th by saying no to more security? Where is a brave Republican 
in the Senate willing to ask Mitchell McConnell questions about that. Mitch, what's your trust in Dr. Tony Fauci? Total, total trust. Oh, did I say Fauci? <laughs> Speaking of gibberish of the Acela Corridor class, the laptop class, this isn't from two years ago, you'd think. It's not from a year ago or six months ago. This is Tony Fauci two days ago as Neil Cavuto sits and nods. As I said on Twitter, a, a, a supplicant, Cavuto, interviews a psychopath. Well, we are certainly not over it. And I think that, you know, people have an understandable desire to put this in the rearview mirror and say we're through with it. But that's just not the reality, Neil. And when I say that, I don't mean to scare people or to get people feel they have to dramatically alter their lives or do anything with mandating a thing like that. We're not talking about that. Isn't that what you said last time it, before you, 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 you pretended to have the ability to mandate things and then people played along? Isn't that what you said last time? And the Fouch goes on to say that he, um, the Fouch goes on to continue in this statement. And, and you know what he's talking about? He's talking about boosters again. He's talking about the injections again. The reality, Neil. And when I say that, I don't mean to scare people or to get people feel they have to dramatically alter their lives or do anything with mandating a thing like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about making use of the available interventions that we have. Let me give you an example. 67% of the people in this country are vaccinated. We rank very low among developed and developing nations in the proportion that are vaccinated. And, and, and it just drives me crazy. I can't listen, <laughs> even though I have the full clip, because I'm just picturing Cavuto sitting there nodding because Cavuto chooses to be unaware of the fact that 90 percent of deaths in the UK are injected. Some of them, most of them, three and four times injected. They're the ones dying. He's unaware of the 163% increase in life insurance payouts by Liberty. He's unaware of the 189% increase in deaths uh, or in all-cause mortality in millennials. He's unaware of the fact that for about six months, the CDC has been hiding data. So it doesn't even work to, to go through the language stuff with Neil Cavuto because he's a supplicant. So instead, instead of Neil Cavuto pushing back, we turn to a professional foot, or a baseball player, JT Rimuto with the Phillies. How do you feel about it? I guess, you know, like you know, some people say you're, you're letting your team down, you know, teammates have supported you, though. So how do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's an extremely unfortunate situation. Um, obviously, my teammates know how I feel about them and, and um, how bad I want to be out there with them, but... Um, it's just unfortunate that I'm not able to make the trip. What, what are your reservations with your I just, I mean, I'm a healthy 31-year-old professional athlete um, that I just didn't feel a need to get it. Um, I've had COVID a couple of times and super mild symptoms uh, back when it first came out. And when it came time to decide whether um, I needed a vaccine or not, I uh, talked with a couple of doctors that I knew and told them my story and just really decided I didn't think I needed it. And I, I wasn't going to take it just because I was told to, basically. So mm -hmm. Even if it meant not missing? Because you're going to forfeit a good amount of salary. 
Yeah, but I mean, what's 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 money when I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and don't put in my body for a little bit of money? It's just it's just not worth it. Now, a little bit of money to professional baseball players a year is sour to some people. We do have that, but hey, I'll I'll, I'll power to him to stand up. He didn't take the bait. What are your reservations? I don't need it. The other bait would be for him to say uh, and get outside of his area of expertise. Now, if he studied the mRNA and he studied this and we all can, it's not, it's not the, it's, it's not the, uh, the deep, deep secret. They want to make it. We can't get to the molecular level of it. Okay. We can get the big picture level of it. He didn't take the bait of getting outside his area of expertise. But when you're dealing with the media, and maybe it's different with sports media. Maybe this guy has a great record with the sports media. I wouldn't hesitate to turn the question on them. Have you asked that about women who choose not to get abortions? Have you asked that? What are their reservations? Have you asked that? Why haven't you asked that? You're asking me about my body. Why aren't you asking them? Do you ask female athletes if they've had abortions? Why not? Why don't you start your line of questioning with, do you have an abortion? Why not go get one? But then again, Maybe he already has a peaceful relationship with them. I've kept the best for last. It's Deb Holland who gets to pretend. Well, she doesn't pretend. I mean, she is the interior secretary. But for, for God knows what reason. This is the, the, the one we do where we apply it to the real world. One of my very favorite techniques is just imagine that this is you with your boss in a job discussion. Deb Holland's. And she's in sworn testimony in front of the in front of the Senate. Just a second here. We finally got the Todd Herman Show T-shirts out, and I'm jazzed. I'm starting to get great reports on those as well. You go to the ToddHermanShow.com at the top of the at the top of the site. There's a store. You click up there, you pick up a couple of shirts. Maybe if you're family, maybe you pick up four or five. I know times are tight, money's tight. I'll tell you the cost on the shirts. They're 29 bucks. I'll tell you what we make. We make 10. We don't even make the most of the money. I'll tell you, we work with one of the best guys in conservative radio for this. He makes this, the shirts for uh, the, the big names. Don't ask me how I got involved with him. Well, actually, you can ask me. My, my agent knows them. But they're fine quality t-shirts. I love the images. And I love that it doesn't say the name of the show on the front. It says, the only knee we take is to the Lord. I should get that sounder back. I'll get that back so we can run that when we talk about the t-shirts. There's two styles. One, the lion is right up front by himself. It's the lion of Judah after the Bible. The only need we take is to the Lord. The other, the lion is a little bit more stylized and he shares the front of the shirt with the cross of Christ. So it's the lamb and the lion on the front. On the back, it does say the Todd Herman Show and the ToddHermanShow.com. So number number of things on this. You support the show, buy the t-shirts. It helps the show. Helps us with promotional dollars. We're running an ad campaign on Gab right now. The other thing it gives you do is an opportunity to talk about the show with friends or people you meet. Hey, what's that shirt? Cool shirt. Only need we take us to the Lord. Gives you an opportunity to say, oh, I listened to a podcast host. Here's what it does. It's the ToddHermanShow.com. Click the store link right at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, your interior secretary under oath. Not produced in the Gulf. Importing foreign energy also increases emissions because other countries sending us these resources have lower emission standards than we do. 
Are you aware that a no-sale option could, in fact, increase the price of all energy, oil, gas, coal, She's and electricity? She's asking Holland. Thank you for that comment, Senator. I appreciate that. So are you aware that it could increase the price of the energy, oil, natural gas, coal, and electricity is a question. Am I, well, I, I, and I, I am, I appreciate your perspective <laughs> you on this. Um, when we are talking about our five-year plan and our job um, at the interior, um, it isn't, we don't take cost into consideration oh. in that respect. Wow. Um, because we're focusing wow. on uh, managing our natural resources. Because their standards are lower, their emission standards are lower. I mean, you don't agree that that could increase the price? Um, Senator, I, I, I'd be happy to follow up with your office on that, on that if you would like. And I appreciate That's the her question. touching her microphone with paper. And She's I appreciate so the question, but I'd also appreciate an answer. What I could say is that um, I know that there's a lot that goes into the price of fuel, and I, I know it's expensive right now. Um, as I have said many times before, there are about 9,000 approved drilling permits across the country. Uh, and there are, goes just babbles on to. The fact is, where they're approving the permits, no one wants to drill. That's why they're approving them there. Currently. Um, that are not being used. Because there's no oil. Um, 10.4 million acres of offshore federal waters already under lease. Where you face a jackpot of a lawsuit if you drill. As of July, approximately three quarters of active leases on the OCS are non-producing. Because there's no oil there, you have to drill in ways that lets you a jackpot for a lawsuit. Um, I... I know that um, there's a lot that goes into considerations with the price of, of fuel. Um, one of the things I want to one of the things we don't do enough is is oh man, I don't really need to say this. We're to act respectfully. Let me just think perfectly about this. You know what? My my laughter there is utterly genuine. That's I don't do radio guy laughter. I mean, it's a podcast, but I used to be in radio, but I don't do radio guy laughter. That's, that's, that's me genuinely listening. I heard it in prep. I'm genuinely listening to, we need to let this stuff go sometimes. Not like the Joe Biden thing where he with Paul Ryan rehearsed laughing at everything Ryan says. But when someone says something flatly ridiculous and you're listening to it, 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 it gets you in the belly laugh. Just, just let it go. So I'm, I'm sorry to be impertinent. Did you just say that you don't look at cost? You do have a budget for the, the the Department of the Interior, right? You have a budget, don't you? Do you look at that cost? Do you understand that that cost impacts other people's costs? Do, do you understand? You're talking about our managing our resources. Did you just hear the part about how the uh, emissions standards in countries that you choose to buy oil are, are less stringent than ours? Are, are you of the opinion that you can uh, use less stringent standards over there and not over here and, and somehow this thing you call global warming will stop? Are you of that opinion? Precision questioning, turning it upside down. It's the de of this. 
Let's know our subject matter. Let's never use the language of the enemy. Let's remember to turn their arguments upside down sometimes, look at them upside down, and then ask precision questions. And we can get through this together. Our model in all of this is this, this, this verse I shared earlier about taking all thoughts captive and about how we battle, right? We do when we just ground stuff in the word of God, we have the capability to win because we stand on the most solid base that exists. And that's what we could do together. That's one of the ways that we can get the greatest consolation prize in history, which is saving America and the best prize in the world, which is salvation. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be prayerful that the Lord will help you argue wisely and after the fashion of Christ.